Welcome back, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, the holidays are over, people. Over. Uh, it's another episode of Teeing It Up with CMB. I'm your host, Connor. As always, here with my co-host, back from the other side of the pond, uh, is the man, the myth, the legend, Vladdy. How's it going, man? Happy holidays. and How were yours? A happy New Year to you as well. Um, happy New Year. Happy holidays. Uh, they were good. Uh, spent some time with family, then spent some more time with family, then spent some more time with family because that's all I could really do when I was stuck in Bulgaria. And as anyone who might listen to this will probably realize, as you spend more and more time, it becomes more and more redundant, more and more of a drag and just more and more annoying. So towards the end of the trip, I was just I was ready to come home. Uh in hindsight, I probably don't go for that long again. It's go say hi to family and then come home. I also probably would, if obviously you can't plan for this, but I would probably try and plan for uh, not going when it's a snowstorm because I'll I'll get in this right now. I had a nightmare of a of a trip there. I'm sure most people that that uh, I've already told this, but. We get to we get to DTW at like two in the at two in the afternoon because I had already switched flights once because I woke up morning of can't they had delayed my first flight to the point where I would not have been able to make my connecting flight so I had to switch flights get to DTW they start delaying flights again because they didn't have anyone working and then something broke and something broke and so we left eight hour we left like six hours late. Um, it's actually kind of a miracle that we even took off at all. I'm not going to lie, given how, how late it was. But at that point, I'd already rescheduled my, my, uh, my connecting flight in Europe to Bulgaria for a third different time. Finally make it to Germany, um, had another long layover and, um, honestly, probably for the best because there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of scheming going on. So it turns out Delta never actually issued my second ticket. They just, quote-unquote, reserved it. And so I was unable to get my boarding pass printed. Um, obviously, you can't get on the plane without your boarding pass. And on the spot, I had to buy a 650, 700-euro ticket. Jesus. Just, just so I could get on that plane and be with my family for Christmas Eve and actually complete my like trip. So, I mean, there was some, there was a lot of annoyances, a lot of bullshit, but it is what it is. I guess it's, it's, it's in the, it's in, it's in the rear view mirror now. It's something that I never want to do again. Uh, something I don't wish upon my worst enemy. And it's actually still not even technically finished because I still have to yell at Delta and get my money back for the ticket that I was forced to, to buy because they never actually issued my ticket. So that should be fun, but I've been rambling for a lot. The The actual travel part of travel was disastrous, <laughs> but I had a good time. Um, good. 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 What about you? What, how, how was the, how was the break for you? Um, did you enjoy not having any school to do? What, what, what have you been up to? Yeah, I've been up to a whole lot of nothing and I kind of meant for it to be that way. Uh, my holidays were good. Um, small, soft family. Uh, it was nice to have my, both my siblings home. Um, yeah, I went up skiing for a couple of days for the first time in my life. That was fun. Uh, I went from being, I went from in one day, basically, like I had to pancake the whole way down to like, at least on the greens, I could get a little like, shoo, 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 just a little bit of that going. 
so so much improvement that you probably see me as sh- in the X Games more or less in the next sixteen months. You're the next um, Sean White. The next Sean White of skiing with two paddles instead of one. Uh, yeah, one thing I got out of skiing. So I didn't fall actually going down the mountain at all. I fell walking around like probably four times. Well, okay, so that's odd. My thing is, if you don't, if, if you ever heard the phrase, if you didn't fall when you went skiing, you didn't go skiing. Yeah, I mean, I lost my balance a couple times, but like, I would, I would kind of just like, and I only went down like bunnies and green. I went down a blue one time, and I basically peed. I basically was not skiing. I was, I pizzaed the entire way down. <laughs> So I kept to the kept to the greens for the most part. It was funny. My first run is down the Little Bunny Hill, and then they go like, it's me and one other person, or it's their first time. Everyone else has skied a couple times, and one kid is like like going to the Swiss Alps in a couple of weeks. Like Who's is a legit Swiss boy. Uh, Easton's friend. Nice. Uh, good kid. He uh, but he's like legit skier. Was put like on our high school team. For skiing i didn't even know he had oh, one was he, was he going down backwards with you just so he could like give you he was uh, like going some... on his knees yeah he was like going on his knees and shit like down the greens and stuff like <laughs> but like they like accidentally we get off we get on the i get on my first real lift and they go okay we're gonna scoot over to this one so we can hop on this lift and little did they know they didn't know it was a blue so like this is me and nick's first time down literally besides one run down the bunny hill down a mountain and it's like a blue which is not it's no black diamond, but it, we're going so fast. And I'm like, I don't even know how to pizza yet. <laughs> and I, I eventually was able to pizza myself to the next left. But um, yeah, I, I do understand the not falling, the not skiing. Like I was a little bitch about that at some parts, but I mean, like I said, I was able to start to get like a, like us going by the yep. end of the day. Um, but yeah, I kept wanting to like, when I was walking around, there's a lot of people around you like at the front of the resort kept wanting to like do crossovers like cross my feet over like because that's how because a lot of the balance stuff like especially when you're kind of gliding is basically being on your it's a lot of edge work for hockey it's relatively similar so i kept thinking i was on ice skates and i would do a crossover like you went on ice skates turns out you can't do that and my knees are still feeling the effects of that part of it I, but i tried <laughs> and then i fell out of off the ski out of getting out of the ski lift one time so those are the only falling i did but getting off the ski lift especially when you start is tough because like i'm assuming you had the two little poles kind of push yourself along yeah and the issue is like when you have let's say if you have three people and if one of them's a snowboarder you start getting in each other's way and like i yeah. actually understand that because like i've gotten to points where like well like i'll get tied up with someone else and it's just like and everyone's like cool what are you doing bro and it's like well, what do you want me to do where do you want me to go yeah and it was yeah i did it on a two person and then i did it on it i did it pretty early on on the big eight person one and that was just too many skis in the way for me to like i didn't really know how to maneuver my way around yet like i just got caught up on someone's ski like you said so um that's been my holiday I still got the rest of this week. Um, obviously, I'll do some reading for school going into it. But uh, let's get into some sports because that is, by my calculation, the main topic of this podcast. Yes. So uh, we're going to start with the college football playoff um, and kind of the bowl mania these past couple days or this past week. Um, two of the better playoff games, probably two of the best combination, probably the best combination semifinal games 
uh, we've ever seen. In the first game, obviously, Michigan goes down 51-45. to 45, um, And then, what was it, 51-48 or 51-49? What was the final? No, 42-41, I believe. Okay, 42-41. I knew it was in the 40s. 42-41, Ohio State, Georgia. Um, let's start with the Michigan game. Um, thoughts going into that? So I didn't, I didn't get to watch all of that. Um, those games happened at 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. Bulgarian time. So I missed about the first quarter and a half to first half totally from the Michigan game. But from what I did watch, TCU played incredibly tough. They did what everyone said they couldn't do, which is actually show up and punch Michigan back. There, yeah. I know there was a lot of talk. It was, oh, well, we're we're gonna we're gonna Big Ten them. We're gonna show them what the Big Ten's all about. Where are they from? What's a TCU? And I'm I'm so happy that they shut up Michigan and brought out all of the stupid excuses from the blue wall and the, the waves of morons. Um, but in terms of the actual game, I mean. Max Duggan played pretty well. I, I, I've seen him play better, so I guess maybe that's some hope for TCU is you didn't get the best out of your best player and you still won. So you give yourself a you can give yourself a pat on the back and say, hey man, we're still we're still alive, we're still going, and we can play better than we did. Um, yeah. I mean, I, what else? I, I, I don't really I, I don't want to go straight to Michigan because I do want to spend some time on the team that did earn the victory. I don't want to go in to start bashing them. So, I mean, if you want to add something to the TCU side, uh, go for it. You probably um, watched more of the game than I did. Yeah, I didn't really have a, a, a full-on TCU point. I actually thought, in general, I thought Michigan was – I think TCU, like, found a way to win the game. But I thought Mi- Michigan didn't get outplayed, if that's what – like, Michigan didn't was not the worst team in that game. Uh, you, you, what they were the worst at was the most important position – and that's the quarterback position. And Max Duggan, it felt like they could, he, play was over. He'd run for 12 yards. Play was over. He'd find a way to skimper out of the pressure and go for another eight-yard gain. He yep. was doing plays to help his team win, even when the, the team, I don't know, was failing him. Not not exactly the best terminology. But J.J. McCarthy was the opposite. He was the reason they lost this game. Yep. Uh, he made a lot of great plays down the field. and They had a lot of long balls when they were trying to get back in it. but. For the most part, two picks. This is got a slaughtering my words, but uh, two picks, six, six. Oh, oh my, my god, pardon your stroke right there, man. Holy crap, sixes were the game. Um, in a six point game like that, they were the difference. So that's where I think they were the better, better at was the position of quarterback. I also, the one thing I do also want to give them credit for is they finished drives. Um, I know Michigan settled for some field goals. Yep. They had some fumbles. They had some turnovers down in the red zone. And it's kind of it's kind of that thing that they kept doing game after game all season. It just never it never like cost them because the schedule they played was so weak. But again, against Michigan State, they couldn't score a touchdown. It was just kick after kick after kick. Yeah. Michigan State just couldn't capitalize on it. Yeah. Um against there was that that Philly the the Philly unspecial whatever they decided to run there that was uh, one of the stupider trick plays I've ever seen, um, the fumble on the goal line it's just, yeah they did it was like you said maybe they didn't necessarily uh play in it's not like they got blown out of the water it's not like they didn't deserve to be there like TCU murdered them or anything but 
there was so many mistakes. They beat themselves. It's just straight up. I mean, like you said, your quarterback cannot give 14 points to the other team because that is giving away an entire quarter of football. You gave away a quarter of football to the other team. All right, so the last thing I want to get into with this game um, is the excuse factor for Michigan because this is what drives me crazy about a game like this is because there were some valid, valid points that are also valid, validly BS uh, in that there were multiple points where a Michigan Michigan faithful is going to point to and say, it wasn't our fault. This is why we lost. Play number one, early second half, or not early second half, but or first half, uh, touchdown they call on the – they call short on the one. Roman Wilson catches. Next play, fumble at the goal line. TCU recovers. Yep. I actually thought it was a touchdown. Um, I mean, they called it a touchdown on the field and reversed it. So, clearly it was definitive enough to reverse a call. So, I guess I can't really argue with that. And nor can Michigan people for that matter. Uh, but it doesn't matter that – that it was on the one yard, you lost the ball and fumbled it the very next play on the goal line. You can't do that. I don't care if it should have been a touchdown. Why do you have to fumble the ball on the next play and give it up? That's what I don't think Michigan fans see, and that's what I think someone like Hunter Dickinson, who I'm watching right now behind the Zoom, is they don't get. Yeah, um, I, I do want to say a couple other th- – I just want to bring one more thing back to JJ. Um, that was so pleasing – just for and like, it's not the, the it's not like it backfired for them because they they got closer than they did last year. Again, albeit is against the worst opposition, but at least they competed in this year's playoff game. This yeah. is I I think that was karma for running Cade McNamara over with a bus the way that Michigan did. Oh, um, it was for him to be that be it be a uh, like a big factor in them losing. Yeah, it's it was just it was all those it was everything that we kind of like as everyone kind of said. Was the was the worrying issue is he turns it over? Yep. I mean, again, JJ McCarthy gifted us the Michigan game last year. He, he's not very safe with the ball, and there, the other thing was, yes, he's super athletic, but can he actually beat you with his arm? I mean, you kind of saw TCU drop into zone coverage a lot, and they wouldn't really let JJ run because everyone's obviously looking at him, and so they know if he takes right. off, they can go stop him. But they said, can you throw on us? And he told them no. He was like, no, no, sorry, man, I can't do that. I mean, because if you look at the couple times, like the, the couple big scrambles he had, I think they I think they got either a blown assignment or they were playing man because you were looking around and you had DBs with their back to the line of scrimmage, which that's a quarter or that's quarterback stream. Run. Um the flea flicker was pretty nice. Again, there were some good plays. It's just it was exactly what everyone said could happen all season was you're inexperienced. You've never actually had to rely on your quarterback to score points because you just let you just run the ball for five yards of carry every single carry. And it it bit him in the ass at the worst possible time. And I love it. I'm very, yeah. I'm very happy. I'm very thankful. Um it was it was super nice to see and I, can't, I think I'll, I'll, I do have one more point, but I'll get into after the Ohio State game because I think this this encompasses them as well. Um, I guess any final thoughts on the TCU-Michigan game? No, it was just super nice to be at a bar full of Michigan people and just like to hear the – and the one Michigan fan we had in the group, just to heat – just the 
emotion of disappointment and how happy it made me is just a, a feeling I can't describe. So, all right. Well. Uh, the other game, I, I will say you mentioned it was so the other game was like 10 o'clock to they kicked it at. I think that it literally went off. Yeah, the field the, goal the went field off. Goal missed, the, went off the field goal missed. And we had kind of been out. Yeah, we had kind of been outruled in our house to watching that and over over the show. Uh, the no midnight show. Yeah, it was actually we could get into that. I was not happy about that. Uh, the what are so I only caught like the the kind of the Georgia comeback part on my phone and then the field goal on my phone. So I didn't get to watch too much of the CJ Stroud show that it seemed like it was in the first half. Oh, uh, I mean, okay. So I guess I maybe uh, CJ Stroud played amazing. Um, yeah. I think he silenced so many of the critics who are, Oh, well, he's only great with 18 seconds to throw against receivers who can get a million yards of separation. And, yeah, but is oh, that not Bryce Young? What? But is that isn't that not Bryce Young too? Then though? no, I'm I'm just I I'm talking strictly Stroud. I I like that's oh, okay. just always I'm like I'm saying that's just the knock on. And I'm and I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying people love saying oh well the Ohio State quarterbacks have everything given to them because they play it for Ohio State. And then this game was everything that that wasn't. I mean, you had him elusively making plays. You had him scrambling. You had him making great decisions on when to throw it away versus when to extend the play for a pass versus when to just take off and run. Because it's not just, oh, like, he, he kept the play alive. It's what did you do when you kept the play alive? And I thought he always made the correct decision on what on what to do. Um, it, was, it was incredibly impressive. That's something that I'm not going to say like I've always known he had it in him, but I also did believe that, that those were some incredibly unfair criticisms on him. And I do really, really like CJ Stroud. Um, he wants to come play for the Lions, you know, I'll take it. Not that we need it because we need a lot of defense. We'll get into that later. Um, I guess there was the Marvin Harrison got hurt and that kind of slowed yep. Ohio State down. Um, first of all, what is it with Georgia? playing teams in the playoff and the other team's best receiver getting hurt. Oh, um, Alabama J last yeah, year. Yeah, J-Mo last year, Marvis Harrison this year. I mean, can I can I bet on Quentin Johnston get, having, like, an ankle injury or something? Like <laughs> That's terrible, but yeah. I, I'm just saying, it always happens. And it always happens when they're down or when they look like it might be an issue. It never happens when, oh, yeah, we're up 40 to nothing, and now you're trying to come back and, oh, we happen to get hurt. It's Oh, OSU up 14. Oh, let's hammer Marvin Harrison. Which, honestly, I will say, I don't think that was a targeting call. I think it was a good non-call because it, it, it did look shoulder to shoulder, and it just kind of carried into his head area. But Yeah, I, I actually think uh, that between, the, I'll get, between that and the Michigan one that was a no-call at the end of the game, I thought that one was less targeting than the Michigan one that was yeah, a no-call. I mean, just – Oh, I mean, with, with, with Ohio State as well, um, I mean, I don't know what Ryan Day was thinking at the end. Um, I don't know if this is maybe the part that you missed watching the show, but they had the ball, and it was, it was like first and 10 at the 20 because Georgia just kicked off after taking the lead. And I think the first play was like an incompletion. Second play, C.J. Stroud took off for like 40 yards. He had him in field goal range after two plays. 
and there were still 30 seconds left, and they might have had both timeouts. And Ryan Day ended up getting conservative and started running some stupid halfback draws. And it's like, first of all, Ryan, you've got a top five pick in the NFL draft, and you are turning to a dude who's not even on scholarship. Like, I understand if you turn to Travion Henderson. I understand if you turn to uh, Mayan Williams. I understand if you turn to the, the DJ Hayden, Dylan Hayden, whatever his name is. There's none of them. He handed it off to a guy who was filling up Gatorade cups at the beginning of the season. Absolutely. And, the, and like again, like I said, they were quote-unquote in field goal range. It was a 50-yarder. It's like yeah. you don't think 50 yards is not automatic for the NFL. No. You've got okay, – Noah Ruggles is incredibly accurate within 40 yards. Yeah, That's he's a good kick. That, that was the thing. Is he's, he's a very good college 50 kicker. is not yeah. within 40. 50 is bigger than 40. Why don't you yeah. run another play, run another two plays, and let the best player on the field that day – Try and get you closer to winning the game. Right. I I don't understand. I think Ryan Day imploded. Um, speaking of not imploding, Kirby Smart with the greatest timeout I've ever seen, even though he didn't actually get it off in time, but yeah. he still recognized it, and that's that that's credit enough. Because I think yeah. if that fake if that fake punt happens and they get that first down, they're up fourteen with the ball, killing more clock. I don't. I think they win that game. Right. So yeah, I've I've seen other like media outlets uh those are our peers in the media talking about it uh calling it the timeout of the of his life i thought that was kind of just funny to think about a timeout be used so dramatically but but it is i mean that that saved him the game and the recognition i mean you kind of saw him like well what is this lineup they had no they had had, like nobody on the left side and he like runs over the wall and starts calling it again i think the ball had already been snapped but it is what it is um no, it was, it was a phenomenal game. You mentioned it. Um, probably the best year of two playoff games that we've had and probably the best semifinal game yeah. that we've seen since I don't even know, maybe. Yeah, like, I can't even, like, I tried to remember it the next day. Like, thinking about the Georgia game. And even the Michigan game was the last, last drive chance. Yep. Like, when have we seen a last drive playoff game? I think OSU Clemson in 2019 or I guess 2020 because that was New Year's Day or like the the second. I know oh, okay. that game came down when Fields threw the interception the hat right at the end right. when the, when the receiver kind of made the cut and he didn't see that because the guy was in his yep. face when he had like a split second they win that game. Yep. But um, I think that's the, actually the last one possession game that we might have seen. And that's yeah, that's three years ago now. Yes, but and so. then. But other than that, I, I did say one thing that's kind of funny is uh, there's a little bit of an Ohio State jinx anytime I watch them play a playoff game in Bulgaria because th- what we just mentioned, that, that game against Clemson, I was also in Bulgaria watching that game. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, every time I'm there, they always seem to lose a nail-biter. Maybe maybe I'll keep going back anytime. Maybe, maybe if Ohio State ever plays a game where we're like, well, we don't need them to win, I'll fly to Bulgaria real quick yeah. and watch them from there and they'll lose. Like you should just go there for every single uh, Michigan Ohio State game from now yep. on. Like, think so. Thanks, Thanksgiving in Bulgaria. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I don't support Michigan. Oh wait, wait. You said you needed them to lose. That's what I'm saying. I need Ohio State to lose. Like, if if we ever need them to. Lose. Oh, oh, right, right. So if they're ever playing Michigan so. State, we're both good. I'll I'll fly to Bulgaria, but. 
No, other than that, though, I mean, anything you want to bring up about the game itself, then there's something I do want to ask maybe conference-wide. Um... Sorry, was that a question you kind of cut out there? Like, I guess, like, uh, your thoughts on the game before I, I, I do kind of have a question conference-wide. No, camera scored. Uh, that's frustrating. Uh, honestly, like I said, I didn't get to watch much of it, but kind of my thoughts on it are – it was surprising to me to see, even though it is CJ Stroud, a guy who's supposed to be a top 10 pick, it was surprising to me to see how much George's defense struggled to have an answer for him for so long, basically. Yep. Um, they're kind of this year and this past year been regarded as just a shutdown defense, one of the best defenses of all time, maybe more last year than this year, but even this year, um, just regarded as just this all-time defensive run for them. Um, and it's really the first time in the last two years that we've seen a team kind of have their way. I mean, you could make our, there's games obviously where they give up their points, but like, you know, 42 in a game where or 41, sorry, in a game where it could have been more and CJ Stroud looks so unstoppable. It was very surprising and something we hadn't seen from George's defense, which makes me, I mean, to do a little preview for Monday's game, which kind of makes me believe that TCU is more of a chance than, I thought they had. I thought it was going to be close. I did think Michigan was going to win. But after watching the way kind of Duggan is just able to save plays um, that are dead and watching what C.J. Stroud was able to do to Georgia's defense, I think they do have a chance. I think Georgia wins the game. But I think probably a game I thought would have been a 20-point game I think is going to be a one- or two-score game now. I can I can, I can get behind that. Um, yeah, Duggan, like I said, Duggan, very impressive. Um CJ Stroud up until the Marvin Harrison injury, very, very impressive. Um, then kind of got stagnant because you're starting to throw to guys that you don't normally throw to. But no, uh, it was phenomenal, phenomenal games. Um, wish you could have watched them with some friends who know what football is, but that's how it goes sometimes. They know what football is. Yeah. The thing that I wanted to ask is, do you think the Big Ten needs a culture shift? Because year after year, our defenses get shredded in the playoffs when they play an offense that isn't running the I-form. I think outside of Ohio State, is there actually a team in the Big Ten that runs some, I'm not going to say pass-heavy because I mean, I'm not asking for a Mike Leach like air raid offense, but is there a team that actually throws the ball willingly the way maybe some Southern schools believe yeah, in Riley would? Because our defenses are just never prepared. It's year after year we get torched. The only other offense I can think of that is a bit more of an air raid style besides Ohio State, um, and it's partly – and it's kind of a bad one because they're not like a great program is Purdue. Yeah. Uh, I, honestly, I was going to say maybe even Maryland with little Tua out yeah. there. But, yeah, no, again, it's just uh, – again, I'm not saying that, that that's it, that it's wrong. I think it's just – Year after year, these guys go down and they play another team that has a high-powered offense that can put up 40 points, and they're like, oh, what? It, it's it's insane to me. Um, and I get yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I'd go that far with it. The Michigan one, yeah, because it is like you got beat. You were – I don't know. Michigan's different to me because they've been so successful these last two years playing that style. But to make it two years in a row to the playoffs, I know they, oh, yeah. they lost both times. 
I'm not going to criticize too much. In Ohio State, my argument there is I just think George is a much better team. Yeah, I mean, again, and I'm not saying necessarily from an individual Ohio State or Michigan standpoint. I'm just saying do more teams. I'm just saying do more teams in the Big Ten have to modernize and stop this philosophical approach that, oh, my God, I have to run the ball 40 times to be successful in a game of football. Because especially – I think think getting coaches like Chip Kelly and Ryan – or Lincoln Lincoln Riley Riley in the the next couple years are going to be great for that. Yep, I mean – I mean, I don't, I don't really know what kind of offense Luke Fickle runs, but Luke Fickle, I know they, I know yeah. Wisconsin just picked up. I think it's Tanner Mordecai out of SMU. Not going to sit here and pretend like I know what kind of offenses SMU and Cincinnati ran, but that's that's a high profile name and a, a quarterback that I've actually heard of. So that gives me some hope that maybe Wisconsin will stop being the Wisconsin of old, where it's let's hand it off to Monte Ball until his legs fall off. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. I mean, it's just – that's one thing I was thinking about is, like, at what point do does, – does the conference need to sit down and say, hey, guys, we need to play a style that might help us be a little bit more competitive? But, yeah, on the national scale. Yeah, because, yeah, again, like, I mean, you watch Penn State just hammer Utah, if I remember, for that final score. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, too. Uh, you talk about you, – you speaking of Penn State, do you want to talk about any of the other bowl games? Going I mean, quickly into the Rose Bowl. If, if you want to talk Rose talk Bowl, go for it. I actually didn't get to watch it. So, yeah, and it's interesting you say that because Penn State just kind of outplayed Utah in playing a Big Ten style. Um, so they're kind of countered to that example. <laughs> um, and that day just kind of went run two young, two really good young running backs. Yep, Nick Singleton Cliff, and uh, who's the other fella? I can't remember his name. Uh, and then Clifford kind of does his job. I mean. They made a huge deal about it being his last game, which they should because he's been there since, like, Joe Paterno was still alive. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, they took it to Utah. I mean, it was, like, 21-14, and Utah – Cam Rising went out with an injury. And I, didn't know like he, the, I didn't know he went out. Yeah, and I don't th- – I think Utah got maybe three first downs the rest of the game. So, mm-hmm. that was, like, early second half. Yeah. The other one I kind of wanted to talk about um, is the Alabama game that was earlier on New Year's Eve against Kansas oh. State. Uh, I believe it was forty-two to ten. I thought it was forty-five and that game to twenty. Was, what? I thought it was forty-five to twenty. So okay, so they got a garbage time touchdown. Uh, but this game was like thirty-five nothing in the first half. So it kind of interests me in that Alabama got to eleven wins. I believe it is his 11th straight season with 11 wins. That's an absurd stat. Yeah, and B, it just it it just kind of proves that like I'm sure he had a ton of players leave or go transfer portal or sit out for the game, and he's still able to put up a team that beat another top 10 team. Like how much better the SEC is is more my point. I'm trying to make because that was the statement they. And even you look at the game on New Year's or January 2nd. Uh, the LSU-Purdue game, which there's no reason those two teams should have been matched up. That was just a death march they sent Purdue on. They they said, hey, you want you like goldfish? Too bad. We'll send you the Cheez-Its Bowl, and you'll lose 56 <laughs> to nothing to LSU. If you like goldfish, you go into the Cheez-Its Bowl. <laughs> I mean, That's... there should not be a bowl game where there's a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. That's yeah, absurd. I, I, I think I, I can support that. The one thing I will say about Alabama is, I don't know about the non-big players, but Bryce Young and Will Anderson both played in that game. 
Yeah. So again, I don't know what Alabama had transfer wise or guys protecting draft stock, but their two leaders were there. And like you said, it's interesting they, to me. Like you said, they they picked up their eleventh straight eleven win season, which is phenomenal. Um, you've got you've got an incredible culture there. You've got incredible players. Um, it's just one of those where. What was Kansas State ever really getting to? I mean, yeah, they're ten and three. Yeah, they're the other yeah, champions of the Big Twelve. I mean, I don't know. It's it's one of those where all that really did was give people ammunition for an argument that didn't exist, which is, well, we should have been there over Michigan. And it's like, no, you shouldn't have. Michigan was thirteen and zero. Yeah, it's like shut up. They're like and the other thing is like if oh my god if you guys are so good why'd you lose two games if you're the greatest coming since the '85 Bears why'd you lose? It's just I I don't like it. The other thing that I don't like is the the narrative of bowl games that gets yelled at from below the Mason Dixon line, where if the SEC wins it's because they're the greatest conference ever, and if they lose it's because they have transfers and they have opt outs and they they don't care because it doesn't matter. It, 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 I just – I hate that listening to that argument, and I just – Yeah, but that argument nest didn't necessarily come to fruit. Alabama looked amazing. Tennessee looked amazing. LSU looked amazing. Who cares about the other ones? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm just saying, like, you, you know it exists every year when they when they start losing their bowl games or if they start winning their bowl games that one of yeah. them – It's that's, a similar argument to me. Uh, in like the, It's like – it's the same thing to me. In the Mich- when the Michigan game, like or sorry, when Michigan fans say like, "Oh, like, well, Ohio State is our rival, not you. Like, you don't really matter." It's like the same kind of argument where they're like, "Well, this bowl game doesn't matter, so we have this excuse yeah. why we lost." The only thing that I love saying about that to Michigan fans is, "Well, maybe if you did view us as your rival, you'd win a little bit more often than three times in eighteen years." I mean, yeah. it's incredible hyperbole by me, but. You know what I'm trying to say. Um, maybe if you stop viewing yourself, especially Michigan, because they're they're the, they're the kings of this. It's like we're better than you. We're on the golden pedestal. You you drink our bath water. You're our peasants. It's like you're the exact same scum as everybody else. Why do you like shut up? Um, I don't won as many playoff games as we have too. That they did you know that I think I looked at it. They have like one title since 1930, and it's like yeah. a disputed one. It's a shared one. Yeah. No, they're, they're impressive. But, no, I, I mean, we, we've been rambling. Let's move on to the other football. Let's move on to the NFL. Um, the Detroit Lions. Um, let's start with the game two weeks ago, or I guess a week and a half ago, because that was – that we, we kind of missed last week due to the kind of time difference and holidays and whatnot. But I actually didn't get to watch this game. I was on a plane and I I got off the plane and I saw the score and the first thing I said was how is this possible and thank God I didn't watch this so you tell me your thoughts as a Detroit Lions fan watching that football game. Uh, embarrassment to be honest. I mean, I, it's hard to it's hard to replicate the emotion that I felt now after last week's win or Sunday's win this past Sunday's win, but uh, yeah, it was embarrassing. It it could be well I've been saying for probably the last three weeks now and it. it this Sunday, I'll say the same thing: is they're the biggest Lions games in my adult life, um, th- or this game in particular was the biggest game at the time for the Lions in my adult life. 
and they came out against an inferior opponent and just laid an absolute egg on defense. They had zero. It was like watching last year's defense again. They had zero answer for the run. There was 240-something yards in the first half. They ran for 300 for the game. It was the most embarrassing, pathetic defensive display I've ever seen from a team. And to actually think that they came back this past Sunday and played a decent performance on a very mobile quarterback like Justin Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, uh, was impressive, I want to say, but like it's still so embarrassing. And it, it honestly, it scared me to death. And it's like we could talk, we're going to get into how scary Sunday night is going to be. Yep. But it scares me even more knowing that they have a performance like that in their back pocket now. Yeah. Um, it, but at the other time, you could argue they got it out of the way. Yep. Uh, it, it's tough. Again, I, I didn't watch the game. I just kind of saw the statistics and it was like, well, how does this happen in a professional game? Shouldn't you at least have like the manpower to stop them at least once in a while? Nope. But the one thing I will say is, like you said, it, it's good that they got that out of the way. The other thing is, it's very hard in the NFL to win every week. And the Lions were on, like, was it like a six and one stretch or something? It was bound to happen. It's disappointing it happened the way it did. And it's probably disappointing it happened to that, to that opponent. Because yeah. I think you kind of, I, I, I think you kind of put yourself in a little bit of a hole giving Carolina a game there. Um, but, I don't know. Um, I can, I, I can kind of get. We can kind of get into the Bears game because I was actually able to watch that one. Um, not that there's much to talk about because yeah, there's not much a... to talk about in that one, and it's kind of like to me, it's like I don't know. The Bears are are trying to lose, are actively trying to lose, um, and once kind of got out of hand, it kind of got out of hand. I mean, yep, it was. It looked early on like, oh gosh, here we go again. We can't stop the run. Justin Fields is going to run all over us. He had like 100 yards in the first quarter or whatever. Yep. And then kind of the offense got firing and it was over. But, um, yeah, what do you – on that one? No, you say you say the Bears are trying to lose. They did everything in their power except do what they should have done, and that's shut Justin Fields down. I know Which they, they are. They are. Yeah, they, fin- they finally got the memo, which is absurd to me because it's like – I think it was three, four, five – or five weeks ago, whatever it was, when he was dealing with that shoulder pain. And it's like, dude, you guys are two in a million. Get him off the field. It, it, I, it's, it was insane to me how long they kept Justin Fields playing, considering he had been banged up. It's not like you're openly tanking. It's not like you just said, oh, well, like, we'll fake like a doctor's note and we'll like, send you home. Like he was actually banged up, and they just, they, they just kept trotting him out there. That offensive line gets him killed. Like, they can't yeah. protect anything. Um, he's throwing to Equinemius St. Brown. Um, no, that's that's not a real player. Um, Chase Claypool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. Come on, man. He's on my fantasy team. Don't talk yeah. too bad on him. Yeah, man. well, that's not going to be in your fantasy team for much longer when he gets cut, when you have to shrink your roster. Um, <laughs> no, but again, they, it was a great game. It was one of those like great. It was kind of that like Jacksonville Jaguars performance where once you got going, you never really even gave them a shot. Um, but it it appears like it's going to be too little, too late. I mean, we, we've got the Sunday night game. Seattle is playing a Baker Mayfield Rams team at home. I mean, I'm kind of assuming that we're going to go into that game with nothing to play for, in my opinion. 
I think it's kind of a I, – I just – I don't see the Rams beating the, the Seahawks on the road when the Seahawks are playing like a de facto playoff game. Yeah, I'm of the same like – I just want to have that like – I just wanted to get to that Sunday night game and have the fear of like, yep. oh, my God, is Aaron Rodgers going to do this to us again? And probably will. Uh, it's such a grim situation. And now it makes me like – but also at the same time, you're like, so I'm just excited that we have like this chance. And it's interesting to me they make it the Sunday night game. Um and For not competitive the, reasons. Yeah, like maybe maybe make that the one maybe I know it's supposed to be you're supposed to flex games like that, but like maybe just make that the one o'clock game and make the Seattle game later at like the four thirty or see, the- I see, I see it like I, I think that actually accomplishes um nothing also. Because I think you need to have those games played at the same time. I think you need to have that kind of old school. Um, like the checking the scoreboard. Yeah, the, the scoreboard watching, the call your friend who's in the stadium, the pull up your social media, see what's going on. Because if, again, if Seattle wins that game, the Lions don't have anything to play for. And again, I'm not going to sit here and say professional athletes are going to not try because if you do, you don't deserve to do what you do because you get to play a children's game for generational wealth. But subconsciously, when you know that there's no longer a shot for the playoffs and when you're no longer hunting, when you're just playing spoiler, there is a different like mindset. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. Maybe not in the context of, oh, you have no shot at the playoffs. Maybe it was in a different context. But I think subconsciously something goes off, and I don't think they're going to look right. And I do think Green Bay is going to take care of us pretty handily. Yeah, it's crazy. So if Green Bay wins, are they in? I, I, I don't have the the full thing in front of me. No matter what happens with the Seattle game, yeah. if they win. It, uh, they... It, I mean, yeah, this game, again, look, this game was set up for one reason and one reason only, and that's Aaron Rodgers because they want, they want to capitalize on that market. Yep. I, I don't even necessarily blame him. I mean, he's no. one of them. It's amazing what they're going to do. Five yeah. in a row. Yep, I think so. No, and it's like – and the thing is, I don't put it past him to win again. Like, no. The, the NFC is – Wide weak. open. The NFC Wide is open. terrible. Vikings. Whoa. We saw what Aaron Rodgers did to them on Sunday. Yep. Eagles, I mean, Jalen, granted without Jalen Hurts, but they have looked completely vulnerable these yeah, last they've, two they've weeks. They've lost some guys on the D-line, too. I know Josh Sweat went out. Um, I think they're getting Robert Quinn back, and I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson as well. As well. So they are getting healthy a little bit, but they have lost some players. Um, speaking of the Eagles, I don't want to say, did you see that they're the first team to ever have four different players with 10-plus sacks? No, that's an absurd that, stat. That is an absurd stat. I like so, don't even know how to comprehend that. That's like NFC East offensive lines. Yeah, when you idea. get what? Well, yeah, when 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 you get to play against uh, the Washington offensive line twice, I understand why. Um, but, well, Carson Wentz hanging on to the ball. Yeah, but no, I mean, if you I mean you look at the playoffs, yeah, like you said, Eagles look a little dead um the one thing that'll be very interesting is if green bay wins they'll probably be the seventh seed and they will most likely get the san francisco 49ers um that's kind of the aaron Rodgers match made in heaven because of like the draft stuff oh you didn't pick me they're gonna regret it this and that um 
They beat him last year. Yep, they beat him the year before that, too, in the NFC title when they absolutely pounded him. So it's one of those where the other thing is I want no part of the four. Like, I say I want no part like the Lions control their destiny. I I mean, I'd be happy to take anyone because it means we're in the playoffs. But I think the most dangerous team in the NFC is the 49ers. This, yeah, I'd agree. I'd say it's – I think the 49ers and the Eagles are the two best teams, but with kind of the recent Eagles swing, I I view everyone vulnerable except maybe the 49ers. Yeah. No, I mean, 49ers have won nine in a row. They're playing with a backup's backup. They're just – it's just – That's the only thing that – yeah, that's the only thing that I'm like, ah, maybe like – you're playing your third string guy. He'll never have played a playoff game before. You don't know how that's going to turn out. Yeah, no, and it's it's again, it's kind of like the Lamar Jackson thing where Lamar Jackson's great when he gets to run his kind of system and his tempo, but it's the playoffs. You're not playing against a three-win team. You're not playing against someone who's tanking. You're not playing against teams that are injured. You're playing against teams that are good and teams that will find a way to stop you and will force your quarterback to move the ball. And yeah, it's the, also the mighty NFC West has turned into an absolute joke this year. Yeah, um, I mean, it's not their fault the Rams died. Um, the Cardinals yeah. were a major disappointment, but I mean, I don't really know what you can say about the Rams because, like, they they haven't really played with any of their players in the last two. Yeah. But no, uh, the the NFC will look really interesting. I think um, the Giants are set is the sixth seed. Um, the, yep. out, outside of that, I think everything's kind of still up in the air because Dallas could still catch Philadelphia and become the right. one seed or the two seed, depending on what happens. Um, San Francisco could still get the one seed. Minnesota could still get the one seed. So, yeah, I guess the only thing you really have said is Tampa Bay and the Giants. Um, I don't know. I, th- I think the Giants are a team that can play spoiler. Um I don't think I'd put them quite on the level of, let's say, a Packers-type spoiler just because I don't really believe in the quarterback um, the way I would believe in Rodgers no matter how bad he was to start this year. Yeah. Um, The Buccaneers – I mean, the Buccaneers are going to do Tom Brady things, which is suck, 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 get a home playoff game and, like, trip and fall and end up in the conference title game. Like that, that offense, as bad as it's looked all year, I kind of sat back in the 30 bomb they threw up this past week and Mike throwing the ball deep to Mike Evans. I kind of got the feeling where I was like, uh oh, no, uh-oh. it's just, I'm telling Are you, it's one of the, another no, run I'm telling you, team? it's Brady and Rogers spent four months listening to everybody tell them how shit they were. They're gonna, they're going to mess around and play each other in the conference title, and we're all gonna hate ourselves for it. We're gonna, yeah. we want new teams, and they're gonna be like, no, you nope. don't get new teams. But <laughs> uh, just these old farts keep doing it. I know. But I mean, I guess if you, you want to take a quick look at the kind of the AFC playoff picture, just because I mean, I don't really know if there's any, there's too much else to say about the Lions. It's just it's unfortunate that we don't control our destiny, but. Yeah, let's get into the AFC here. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it. Uh, the one thing I do want to say is Jacksonville and Tennessee, that's a real playoff game. Winner hosts the playoff game, losers out. Yep. One thing that was kind of cool is um, I'm actually going to Jacksonville. I have a friend down there, and we're going to visit him for that kind of extended MLK weekend. So if oh, I thought out, you meant this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, no, following. So if, if, we're, like, if we're down there and Jacksonville's hosting a playoff game, I might kind of try and like push and see if, like, Hey, if the tickets are cheap enough, it's a playoff game, but yeah. we'll see. Um, 
but no, shout out to Jacksonville. Um, Trevor Lawrence has made a good step. Um, the team's played really well. I mean, it's what is it? It's best of a bad division. It's not like they're out there running around twelve and four or something. But listen, if you get they look the playoffs, legit. They look a lot better than Tennessee does, who's on their third quarterback right now. So I mean, listen, if you get to the playoffs, your record is zero and zero. That's all I can say. So I'd be I'd be a lot more afraid of Jacksonville than Tennessee in a playoff game. I, I the only reason I want to disagree is because Derrick Henry he can completely just take the game over. Hasn't been healthy though. Well, I, know I, he be, I think he'd be last, coming back healthy, but yeah, I, I think last week was more of a you're healthy, but we want to pretend like you're not healthy because it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I mean. I think again, it's the playoffs. Every team's dangerous. You're not gonna, you're never gonna have a oh my god, we're gonna we're gonna smash you just because. Guess what? Every team made it to the playoffs, and even if there's a bad division winner, they get to play at home. I was listening to Sean Payton talk to I think it was Coward, and um, I think he said over the last like ten years, there's been six times where a division has been won by a team that was five hundred or less, and you know what their record is in those playoff games? It's like five and one. So really? Yeah, those te- those records might be trash, but guess what? We're at home. You you still got to deal with our with our crowd. So it's 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 never a cakewalk. I mean, other than that, I'm looking around, um, kind of at the bottom end. It looks like the, the three teams fighting for the seven seed are New England, Miami, and Pittsburgh. I have no idea how the um the tie breaks are going to work there. Um, I mean. It is what it is. I mean, one of those teams will be in there. I guess I just said that there's going to be – there's never a playoff game that's easy. Well, maybe this game will be easy. Maybe whoever ends up playing that seven-seed at home will kind of have a uh, a nicer time because, I mean, maybe you'd say when healthy Miami is the best of those teams, but Tua's probably not going to put a football helmet on for the rest of the season, as he probably yeah. shouldn't. Um and I don't think anyone's afraid of Mac Jones and the Matt Patricia offense, and certainly no one's afraid of Kenny Pickett's offense. So I don't know. Yeah, I uh, I, I saw an interesting thing from Miami that was they started off five and zero, then they went to zero and five, then they went they went five and zero, then zero and five, three and zero, now zero and three. I I have seen that. Yeah. What a crazy roller coaster. No, and again, some of that some of that coincides with Tua's injuries and yeah, some of yeah. that was just I think know, a lot he, of it a lot of it does coincide yeah. with his injuries. Like, yeah, like but... two I'm pretty sure Tua was like nine and oh in games he like started they or started and finished up until like that losing streak kind of kicked in. Yeah yeah even then he's what eight and two nine and two as a starter this year. So. It, was, again, it was a great it's a great season for him. Um I mean if we're talking on the wild card teams I think the Chargers are probably the most dangerous um yeah they they got their receivers healthy now austin eckler's a beast he's gonna be the uh, he's 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 touchdown machine um the defense is getting healthy to an extent i mean i know they got joey bosa back that's always a big thing to happen but yeah that that's that's a team that no one really wants to see they'll they actually haven't clinched the five seed yet so i guess they could still lose and baltimore could still jump them but that's a team, though. Like it's, there's still the Chargers in the back of my head where I yes. know, like, they can't. Like they're gonna find a way to just they're gonna charge buck something up. up and not win and not. Uh, we have all this talent on offense. Once once Justin Herbert comes yeah. back with his receivers and he's gonna throw three picks in a playoff yep. game. No, I think 
the Chargers are kind of like the slightly better version of like the Jags, Lions, and Browns, where like you know they'll find a way to mess it up. It's just they'll the mess Falcons. it up. The, the, what? The Falcons. That's who I would compare them to. Yeah, I just feel like the Falcons don't have a history. Like again, the Falcons always have that. They're always gonna have the twenty-eight to three infamy. But I think the the Chargers have like historically done it with Philip Rivers. They were always always great, and they could never actually do anything because they right. were just owned by Tom Brady. But um, they just kind of again they strike me as that Jags Browns Lions team that that messes up at a at a later stage of the season. Like they'll shoot themselves in the foot in the playoffs. You shoot yourselves in the foot trying to get to the playoffs. Mm. Um, I mean, I guess if we're going to talk about playoff picture, I'm incredibly curious to see what's going to happen with Buffalo, Cincinnati, and Kansas City because, I mean, you have to you have to replay. You're not replay. You have to finish the Buffalo Cincinnati game, though. No? Yeah, yeah. I don't like understand like when, like what, what, and when and how is my question at this point. So. First of all, let's just say um, that that Devar, the Demar Hamlin hit was scary. The hit, not not necessarily the hit itself, but what came afterwards. Situation. I mean, we we watched a player, or shame on me. We watched a human being die on the field before being brought back to life. That's, I mean, I guess that I guess I, I watched that happen uh, last summer in the in the in the Euros for soccer with Christian Eriksen, whose heart stopped, and they brought him back. And he's actually playing now, which is incredibly wow. Uh, it's which is incredible, but I, I think I think what you end up, what most likely will happen is I think you play week eighteen as normal. You create a week nineteen by pushing everything back a week, and then Buffalo and Cincinnati play one game, and they'll figure out what they need to figure out for for seeding purposes but right and again, the what if, is like, so what if you're through this week and it's there are no seeding purposes that i guess that's also interesting is if they're if you finish the week and you've seen already seen what's going to happen i mean give everybody their game checks and sure cancel the game yeah i actually that's actually a really interesting point that i didn't think about is if there is actually i, I, don't, I don't know if it's possible for there to be no implications maybe they're I guess there always is. I mean, I, I think that, I think it is possible. Yeah, I mean, if I, Cincinnati, I, Buffalo losing, let's say Kansas City wins, like okay, well, let's see. I I think it's impossible. I, I don't know who has the tiebreak between Kansas City and Buffalo, but let's say if Cincinnati were to lose this week and Buffalo were to win, there would be no change between them. But then it would get. Then it would come down to Kansas City themselves, and yeah. Buffalo. So so okay. But say so if Kansas City wins. Wait a minute! Didn't they play each other? We know who has the tiebreak. The Bills do. Yeah, the Bills beat the Chiefs. Okay. So, but like, what if Kansas City wins here, and then Buffalo? And I guess you could say okay, yeah. But so Buffalo's twelve and four. Kansas City's fourteen and three. And then Cincinnati loses. Well, they'd be eleven. And, I think if Buffalo and Cincinnati both lose and Kansas City wins, there would be no season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're right. But again, that's, that's unlikely that they'll both yeah. lose. Again, it's just again. It, I don't know. I could again. I, I could see him take away that Pro Bowl week and just say, "Well, this is now a conference title week," and go. Sure. 
because no one cares about the Pro Bowl. Um, they're they're looking to try and find ways. I know the NFL is to like make it interesting again and like actually be like, hey, you should watch this because I don't think anybody does. The um, problem is it's like at the end of the season, yeah. and and you but you can't make an NFL one in the middle of the season because of the very nature of the sport. Like yep. it's a miracle that they're up to seventeen games now, let alone like having to play an All Star game in the middle of the I'm, season. Unless they unless they made it like solely a skills competition again, I don't know what they're gonna do, but I know that they're thinking about changing the format of, and and they, they've got all ideas on the table. Um, yeah, I I just think like there's there's honestly nothing unless you're a dead fan of the of the sport that can I the only event at this point that is at, actually gets people to tune in that wouldn't aren't like diehards of the sport is yeah. the home run derby for baseball. That's it. Yeah, I guess maybe I could throw out slam dunk. The, I was gonna say I was actually gonna say the three point contest. I think okay. the slam dunk contest is kind of like plateaued over yeah, the last definitely. fifteen years because there's only so many ways you can jump and dunk the ball. There's only so many ideas. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> like, we have this thing called gravity. Yeah, yeah, I mean, gravity exists. I mean, maybe if they let them use trampolines, it'd be cool. But again, I I think maybe the three. Yeah, I I, I could I could agree with that the home run derby. But like even then, like. It is baseball, so like you're still gonna reach a smaller like there'll be people yeah, who tune like, in. Like I'll tune in for the home run derby and I don't watch baseball. I don't know if like a more casual sports fan would. Right. Right. And again, I don't know who your exact target audience is. Would you say like sports fans that don't watch baseball or just regular people? I'm not sure, but Yeah, that's getting into the new I that's just my closest argument. Like yeah. like it's almost to me and you hate this because you can't like as a business, you just can't say no. But like to me, it's like I don't like I just genuinely don't think there's anything you can do. It's a mild product. You'll get the same people that watch it. It's a, yeah. it's a it's a check. A check's a check. I just don't really. I this is why I'm not in a front office right now making these important creative decisions because I would just throw my hands up and go, I don't know. It sucks. Like I, no, like, my my actual like grown up opinion on it is I think All Star Weekends in this like super or whatever i think it's stupid and like i'm sure like it's great for like kids that are like five and up to like 12 right. they, like they, they see the glitz and the glamour and the cameras flashing and their in their favorite players playing together but like once you kind of look at like once you kind of look at it from a more i don't want to say realistic point of view because i don't know if that's the proper verb if you look at it from a more grown-up perspective of like these guys don't want to be there they don't know no. they don't care no, it's it's so funny because you say that like growing up as a kid, the NHL skills competition was so was so much fun for me, like the shootouts. And they do some pretty creative stuff with that. But yeah. and now as an adult, I like I go, why would anyone ever watch this? And the game itself, they show up hungover and don't even yep. skate. So I, I was about to bring up. I have like I I still have memories of like the All Star games of, of the NBA of like the mid two thousands, and like again, it was. As a kid, it's the coolest stuff. Like watching the four Pistons come in at the same time as Larry Brown sends him in, or I think it was Flip Saunders. I don't remember anymore. But um, that was so cool as a kid. I I I'll always remember there was one where Shaq like 
he, he got fouled and he had to shoot free throws and like he threw it to himself but he didn't actually follow the rules. He just ran after it and dunked it and they're like, Well you can't do that, Jack. And he's like, Okay. And it's like I'm sure as a kid it's the funniest thing ever, but like you look at it now and it's like, who cares? Yeah. Like, first of all, the All-Star game, like or the All-Star games, I don't know what weight this holds, but like you can't have fan votes for All-Stars. Or like or if you can, you have to you have to stop using it as some metric for how great somebody was. Like we, yeah, as, okay, yeah, we as open, I don't say open minded, but we as a little bit more developed minded individuals realize what matters at the end of every year is who was first team all pro, who was first team all NBA. No one cares what all star game you made. Yeah, I don't know if people, it's not necessarily used in like, say, like an actual argument for who's better, who's worse. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things where like you throw, like, you throw in like when you're just trying to say like, oh, this guy was great, and it's like a well, you can go like LeBron James has played in 333 All Star games, like, like thanks, man. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like it's just it's just a number to throw in there. I think. Yeah. Um, I I would I would have no issues with them getting rid of uh All Star games. Yeah. How do we? Even, oh, Pro Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I think internally, this is that like timer and that dinger where like we've been rambling. We don't know how we've gotten to this topic. We didn't plan for this, and yet here we are. This yeah. is this is that time where we wrap it up and we say goodbye to everybody. Okay, what are we at here? Oh, we're at like an hour and a half for this show. So hey, it's been a, it's, it's been a good conversation. I mean, it helped that we had to miss a week because there was more to talk about. And was that our first missed week? Or I think yeah. we might have had one. Or we might have maybe one other one. I don't know. I feel like we definitely have one other one. Yeah. But no, we've been we've been pretty consistent. We'll keep that up. Um, let's end this with, let's say, what's your New Year's resolution? Uh, I have the obvious, like, just want to be healthier. Like, I think that I think that's more of a end of the holidays thing of ending my Christmas cookie diet as opposed to a New Year's thing. Yeah. Uh. But more seriously, I think mine is just kind of just be a little more positive, have a more positive mindset in general. I'm going to talk to Nick. Nick will, Nick will run that for you. Yeah. All right, I'll avoid avoid contact. What is, yes. What's yours? I would say, so I guess I, the two that I would really say, or I guess there's like a couple, like first of all is like continue developing professionally. Um, I'm, I, I, I'm really proud that in the span of six months, I went from contractor to direct hire in my job because – that's like a little bit more job security kind of shows that they trust me to an extent. Right. They're like, Hey, like we'd like you enough to bring you on full time, but I want to keep growing and get the next promotion, get the next raise, get the next increase in responsibility. So from a professional standpoint, I just say continuing to develop my just kind of sphere of knowledge um, from maybe from a lifestyle standpoint, uh, stop neglecting abs at the gym. Oh, I'm the worst with abs. Dude. I, I, I remember, uh, at, at, at the old gym I used to go to, the the one of one of like the gym the gym friends the gym bros uh, we actually it was actually a, a gym gal but she would always do abs and at one point I was like all right I'm gonna have to start just going with you because like I will never do it and it's more like a competitive thing where I'm just gonna say I'm not gonna lose to a woman. For me, it's like, like I need to lose like like some like ten pounds of stomach fat before you would even see like like good abs if I had them. So it's like, I, I might be in a similar boat. So like, it's like, why not work out muscles that like, if I work out my shoulders, you can actually see they've gotten bigger. So like, like, I, even I though see, I have I stronger core, it's, it's still going to be hidden by like some, 
some Christmas cookies. Hey, I mean, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I, 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 time I see her now, I'll kind of pester her to do some abs just because, like I said, it's like it's the competitive thing. It's like, oh, like I'm not going to lose to a woman, even though like she's just in objectively better shape than I am. Right. <laughs> she's, yeah. She's objectively chosen to be in better shape than you. Yeah, she no, she's just like that that's like she she's she's a, she's incredibly impressive. Like the she she's in the gym like three hours a day and it's like you gotta calm down, man. Live a little. Have some fun with your friends. Yeah. And, and like then while you're at it, much. teach me. <laughs> that's what I think of now. I'm like, all right, like maybe if I get in a little I'll spend like these two months getting in like a little better shape and then it's like i'll end up just having too much fun to actually get in much better shape but well all right we started rambling again we gotta wrap this up man we're, yeah. we're never gonna get done um yeah all right leave your uh, new, new year's resolutions in the comments for us we'd love to hear them to anyone who's made it this far thank you for listening thank you for following us into new year happy holidays to everybody and i think we will see you next week yeah go green